<laughs> levels, levels. Levels, levels. I'm going to say levels, levels, but I can't see any levels, levels. <laughs> you, you look you look good on my side. Okay. Fantastic. So, um, do you see the Bears are using a home game this season to go to London? You know what that means. Mm, Todd Khan at Soldier Field. I don't want to ask how your mind works. But, God forbid, sorry. How did you get there? Oh, that's simple. The Bears are going to be out of Soldier Field for a weekend, which means open date, seats about 50000 They should probably be willing to let it go for a pretty cheap price. So, Todd Conn at Soldier Field. I, I hope you're not expecting us to fill it. But As much as the Bears do. <laughs> so... I mean, I mean, you're, I guess you're kind of close. I was thinking Toddcon three, British invasion. <laughs> Whereas we would invade Britain, not the traditional. Never mind. Mm. We do Toddcon in London, as well as host a meetup. If you know anybody else wants to join us, what do you think? Uh, hold on. Just book the flights. I, I didn't even, we don't even know the dates yet. That doesn't matter. We'll, we'll be there. <laughs> well, and we can write it off. Hi, toddlers. Welcome to Talking to Todd, a weekly podcast with Dwayne Johnson and Todd Prince, where failure is always an option and road trips. Failure and road trips, always an option. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Todd. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm okay right now. Got a lot of buttons in front of me. Got a lot of things I'm not used to seeing. Ask me in about 15, 20 minutes how I'm doing. Just behind the scenes, Dwayne's on the road. And and as we started recording, uh, right before we started recording, uh, Dwayne's on his iPad and says, oh, hey, I can can join on my iPad, but I don't have the soundboard. I'm like, oh, well, that's unfortunate. I guess neither one of us has a computer. Wait, I'm in front of a computer. So... In episode 203, basically, depending on how this goes, there is, a, there is either not going to be an episode 203, or at the end of next year, there's going to be a toddy for best production of, of a podcast. <laughs> Excellence in podcast production. <laughs> the hell? <laughs> just just making sure the soundboard worked. Okay. <clears throat> Something you're now and now you're frozen. Oh, I don't know what's going on, but we're going to roll with it and figure it out. Don't worry. I'm sure Zencaster will fix it in post. <clears throat>
Yeah, you're breaking up. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Do you want me to do you want me to stop? No, I think I think we'll be okay, but it may be that I don't have as much bandwidth as we would like us to have if we're recording the video. That's going to be my concern. But hey, you know what? What's in the show then the show. We'll make it happen. Let's move to feedback, follow-up, and updates. That's what we normally do at this time. Yep. What do you got? Lisa told me she was listening to the episode from two weeks ago, and she was getting caught up. <clears throat> the specific feedback, I, I can't quite place, but she was letting me know that while she was listening in the car, I said something. She immediately gave me, said out loud, no, this is the way this is, which then you followed with the same correction that Lisa gave me. So, so way to go on, on that. And the thing is the details of that probably don't matter as much because there was probably multiples of those. So, you know, that's, (laughs) that's probably fine. How about you? (laughs) Uh, We, we were doing, uh, we had feedback from Danny about his Hogwarts castle. Yes. And um, Amy says, you know, I'm pretty sure we have a Hogwarts castle, like a, a Lego Hogwarts castle in the basement that Lucas put together. And we do. We could have saved him a ton of money. On a slightly used Lego Hogwarts castle, we could also, when he's finally done with his, have a castle off. (laughs) Those, by the way, a castle off, those are much more popular in Germany than in the United States. I might have gotten that slightly wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Sarah Judson Brown, toddler negative 18. It actually hit negative 18 in Minnesota this week. Ta-da! Way to stand brand, Sarah. <laughs> Atta way. She thought fluffing a duck would be the perfect Toddy award-winning music. Uh, and mm. we should now start playing fluffing a duck for the Toddies every year. Not, not a, not a terrible idea. I, I like that idea. We'll have to, uh, we're going to have to go in and take, we'll talk with the, uh, we'll have to talk with the, with the music licensing people about doing that. Yeah. But here's the thing. We now have competing theme suggestions because, because David Batchelder toddler number six, because I've kind of lost track of that. Maybe how many kids he has. (laughs) wait he may he may have just gotten another one the david suggested one shining moment (laughs) except with the words changed oh we don't we don't do that here oh wait we do we We do 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 that that here yes 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 we do that here so i have written alternate words to one shining moment okay and submitted them to greg we will see what we get Excellent. So, yes, I I was bored and I wrote alternative lyrics to One Shining Moment, not the Diana Ross version. 
want to make that clear. It's the other, <laughs> the other version. Don't confuse them. Let's see. Oh, and David Batchelder almost fell off. He was listening to us while walking on the treadmill, and he he texted me, "You guys are dangerous." I almost fell off my treadmill listening to you guys. <laughs> I'm like, Amy. Amy has suggested. She, Amy suggested really early in the show uh, that we need a warning label because she nearly drove into a ditch one time. <laughs> if you, I don't know if you remember that or not. Talking to Todd is not responsible for anything that happens after this point. <clears throat> Let's yeah, go ahead. I had some feedback uh, this morning from Yvonne, uh, Toddler1059. Um, <clears throat> your morning feel-good trivia, online Washington Post has article on new European night jet sleeper train. Turns out the German word for train enthusiast is... It only took three years of German, so uh, the umlauts still throw me. I believe, however, it's Pufferkusen. <laughs> Last part of the text, you're welcome. Pufferkusen? Hardly know him. Uh, <laughs> Show title. <laughs> Fantastic. Did you ever watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine? We've seen maybe maybe a dozen episodes. Title of your sex tape? In a related theme, Joe Mahoney listened to last week's show, sent me a text. Wives looking up maneuvers online for their husbands to do could actually be an entire podcast <laughs> show. <clears throat> it could also be the title of your day. Different show. Different. No, that's that. Yep. Although, although my guess is SEO on that would be much, much better than talking to Todd. Uh, out, out, outdoor cameras, EX was what. Never, never mind. Uh, uh, how about uh, I did have one correction. One. Um. Actually. Thank you. You said. And I just wanted to get a clarification of this. <laughs> I feel like, you know what? I just feel like Troy Aikman all of a sudden. I just start chuckling for no apparent reason. <laughs> he broke his leg, Troy. <laughs> you said, I, I want to make sure that I get this right. Quote, we want to make better use of the solar system. Are you planning a <laughs> rocket launch that we're not aware of? <laughs> I've. I've got some big plans, <laughs> big, big plans, <laughs> but I'm not at liberty to go into too much details at this point. <laughs> Cause I think you said something about, uh, it's a heat pump. We installed another heat pump because we want to make better use of the solar system. I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? Wait, we're getting mercury involved. We're getting Venus involved. <laughs> Pluto? Nope. Pluto's not part of, or is no, it? No, no, no. It's, it's part of it's the part of the solar system. system. Sometimes, occasionally, <laughs> just not. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Thanks, Neil. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you have do you, do you had some follow up? 
Yeah, yeah, a couple two maybe maybe just two months ago, I think it was a, a Dwayne guess a number about how much money Jose Marino has made from all of his contract buyouts for not coaching football teams because yeah. he has this habit of signing like four year deals and usually about two and a half years into his deals, everybody gets tired of him and they write him a very large check to go away. And then somebody else hires him and he has made, he's made over $80 million in not coaching teams. Well, that number is going to go up because this week he was fired by Roma. Wait for it. Two and a half years into his contract when they finally got tired of his crap and sent him packing. Like clockwork, that guy. Yep, yep. At this point, you know exactly what you're going to get. By the way, the, the first half of the article in The Athletic was everything that went wrong at Roma. The second half of the article was... Everybody in this, everybody in the football world knows exactly like this is what you get. He will implode and you will have to fire him two and a half years in. Then went through a list of 10 to 12 clubs that knowing that will probably be looking to hire him as their next coach. Yep. Sign me up for some (laughs) of that. Oh, what a piece of that. Yeah. International sports is is not any less stupid than American sports. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Let's, Jimbo Fisher's thinking, I did that in one contract. Yeah. I mean, come on. You no, know what? That's really inefficient. You know what they say? You know, things are bigger in Texas. <laughs> I blew up one contract and got paid that much. Just one. Well, technically, it was two contracts. He had the first one, and then he had, he had the extension. Hmm. That they fired him on. Yes. Yeah. They, they gave him more money. Yes. And then fired him. And yeah. then fired him, which made perfect sense. Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. Yes. Taking a look here under Todd's Tech Corner, which is brought to us by the Taylor Center for Technology Policy. I don't have anything, but you brought something. Yes, I got it. I, I titled this Being an Apple User Pays. Okay. It usually pays Apple, but Okay. Actually, actually, in this case, it paid me. Did you get a check this week? That's an excellent question. I don't know that I have, but maybe. <laughs> I, I got a check this week for $92.17. Do you know why? It was due to a class action lawsuit. I can't remember which one, which isn't a good sign for Apple. <laughs> this was the class action lawsuit. You know why you may not have qualified for this? Mm. You trade your phones too often. Okay. I I had an old phone, older phone at that point that Apple slowed down intentionally. Yes. To try to preserve the battery. But then there was a class action lawsuit over Apple ratcheting down the computing power of the phone through software and making people go, oh, wow, my phone sucks. I need to go buy a new phone, which most people did. But 
<laughs> you didn't intend to give a thumbs up to that, but yet you did. And yet I did. And yet you did. But so I, um, being an Apple user pays if you're like me and you hold on to your iPhone for several years so that it gets too old so that Apple makes changes to impact you. And then the, like five years later, I got a check for $92. I don't know that it means anything. I took Amy out to dinner and we had a good time. We're good. <clears throat> okay, this is where Todd goes on a sm- just just a small rant. Apple does a lot of bad things, and Apple should have to pay users because they are there are things that they are doing that is that is no good and probably anti competitive. And by the way, those are going to come to home to roost this year as well <laughs> with some big changes coming. However, this one, everybody's like, "Oh yeah, see, we we knew that Apple was slowing phones down." Okay, All right, I'm just going to say this. Here's what they were doing. If your battery got too low, they found out in certain cases that if you like launched an application, if when the application launches, it could instantaneously drain, it would need us to launch, would need a slightly higher spike than your battery had available. So once it launched, it would be perfectly fine. But let's say when you launched it, it needed more power that was in the battery. So when, as soon as you launched it, it would literally crash your phone. Once it ran, it was fine. So what they did was they said, oh, you know what we should do is inst- when we say slowing down the phone, it's like, oh, my phone's getting so slow. They literally added microseconds into application launches if it required more power than your battery had to space out the peak power of the battery so it wouldn't crash your phone and then you could keep using it. Nothing they did was noticeable by human. Like it was literally added microseconds and somebody went, see, look, they're, they're, they're slowing down your phone with they Technically, did they slow down your phone? Yes. If they hadn't have fixed it, do you know what would have happened? Your phone would have crashed every time you launched these applications. But the thing is, Apple slows down phones to make you buy a new one. Actually, they were trying to keep you using your existing phone because otherwise you'd be like, I don't know, every time I launch Facebook, the phone crashes. Guess I need a new phone. That's what Apple does. They're like, oh, we should make sure that that doesn't happen. So we'll 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 add some microsecond delays so you can keep your phone longer. Aha. See, that's how they're getting you. I'm glad I'm not them. I'm just, I'm glad I'm not, well, I mean, the money would be nice, but you know. Sarah Judson Brown introduced me this week. This is not the thing that I learned, but it could be. Introduced me this last week to a YouTube series called Great Moments in Unintended Consequences. Okay. I have not heard of that. (laughs) Oh, you should find this. There's like a dozen of them and they're pretty darn hilarious. Great moments uh, and unintended consequences. This could be one. I, I'm thinking part of the part of the legal reasoning was that they did it secretly without telling anybody. And my thought is yes, because what Apple really wanted to do was put a setting in that you had to pick, and it said crash phone, add, make it slower by milliseconds. There we go. No, we don't have to send out ninety two dollar checks. Well, who picks crash their phone? That's what we said. But <laughs> <Sure>. apparently. <laughs> oh, anyway. Anyway. Okay. Well, there you go. Congratulations. $92. I will say this is the, this is the one weird class action lawsuit. 
most class action lawsuits, instead of getting ninety-two a check for ninety-two dollars, you would have gotten a coupon for like ten percent off your next purchase of an Apple product over two thousand dollars. Like that's how most class action lawsuits yeah. turn out. And instead, Apple's just like, screw it, we'll just send, we'll just send just, straight cash. Yeah. You know what? Without, just open up the envelope and just have cash <laughs> without admitting any liability or wrongdoing. Wrongdoing. Well, yes, officially. Well, because here's the thing, in their heart, a lot of companies do that because they're like, look, we're not going to admit it so we don't get any more lawsuits or whatever. I think Apple's like, but we were right. But we did the right thing. (laughs) We literally didn't. Fine, whatever. You know what? This is what the money's for. (laughs) Back to, at some point, Apple said, is this a problem money can solve? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. And then the next question, do we have enough money? The answer to that one for Apple is always yes. <laughs> they didn't even get out the entire question before. Yes. The yeah. CFO is literally just pulling out his wallet and saying, I've got it in my wallet. What do we need? You know, I'm just dragging this out because I just realized what's coming up next. That's right. Dwayne's favorite game, not always Todd's. It's time for Todd ought to know. You ready for this? Yeah, sure. Let's. Yeah, I'm really busy with all these buttons and stuff, but I'll try to pay attention. <laughs> okay, so typically you ask me sports things from the athletic or the athletic newsletter that I already know. Yes. This story... I shouldn't give this away because you'll just end up subscribing. This story came from my morning Yahoo Sports newsletter that I read religiously. Do you get this one? I'm going to jump forward. What did I learn this week? Yahoo apparently still exists. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, does the Yahoo does the Yahoo Daily Sports Digest get delivered to your Hotmail email address, and then you get notified in an AOL chat to go check your email? You've got mail. You've got <laughs> Yahoo mail. That's what. Well, I should look more on this story. Let me fire up Alta Vista. Mm. You you could ask G. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Okay. You're safe. You're safe. You're safe quoting Yahoo. So Michigan had some problems this year with sign stealing, right? Yeah. They got found out. They didn't have any problems with it until somebody ratted them out. (laughs) It was working fine for two and a half years until somebody, until somebody opened their, their rat mouth. Uh, here's a quote from Nebraska coach, Matt rule. You go to a high school game. There's technology on the sideline. Go to NFL game. There's technology on the sideline. You go to college. There's nothing at 14, uh, bowl games this year. College teams experimented with in helmet communication devices. Yeah, 
some of them better than others. I'm pretty sure at one of the low level ones, like at the famous potato Idaho bowl or whatever, it was just literally a walkie talkie duct tape to the side of some helmets <laughs> <laughs> over. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a lot of money for this bowl. People. <laughs> so many, we got these on a radio shack closeout. Aren't you Georgia tech? Shouldn't you be better at that? <laughs> Never mind. Not that kind of tech. <laughs> not not that. So so two questions for you this week for Todd Ought to Know. Okay. What year did the NFL first implement helmet communication? I'm gonna say nineteen ninety-nine. Not close enough for a bell. You win five dollars from Greg. That's a Nobel <laughs> Prize. <laughs> It was 1994. Not close enough. Okay. All right. Question Question number two. Yeah. What year did the NFL first have sideline tablets as sponsored by Microsoft? I'm trying to think of the first time I saw Tom Brady taking one of those and just smashing them into the ground with the <laughs> just over and over again. Did he take it inside a blue tent? (laughs) Oh, that tablet looks a little injured. They may need to take it into the blue medical tent. All right. So, so find uh, 2012. 2014. Close. Close. But probably not close enough for Lisa to say, yes, you've earned a bell on that one. So. The thing that may, there are two things, according to this article, there are two things that may keep college from implementing this across the board. Money? Yes. Because the NFL doesn't have a problem with that. They have billionaire owners. They can do whatever they want to. Well, NFL can afford it. Well, the NFL can afford a lot of things. They don't. They have somebody who sponsors it. Without the sponsorship, they wouldn't offer it. (laughs) Actually, the tech isn't there to make the games better. The tech is to put another another flat surface on which a logo can be sold. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I, I bet you over half of the owners in the NFL go, wait, they they can they can look at pictures on those? I thought we just had them hold up signs for Microsoft. <laughs> we're not we're not paying for those tablets, are we? No. No, no. I- Given all of this discussion that we've had about the blue medical tents, I'm pretty sure that next year they will be sponsored by somebody, probably United Healthcare. <laughs> and the other the other theory about why this may not come to college is the liability protection, because adding that technology into the helmet does raise some liability concerns about I don't know. <clears throat> I I'm just gonna say this. When you say liability, liability equals how much money they would have to pay out. So liability is just another way to say money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In this case, it's money. The answer is money or money and not Nazis. Not yet. Give it some time. 
I don't know. We haven't seen we haven't seen we haven't seen the latest tape from the from an NFL owner. Given the way that it's going, it's entirely possible. Just give that some time. Oh. <clears throat> Didn't somebody? Never mind. Moving on. Uh, I think it's probably time for the Scott Frost Memorial Idiot of the Week. Now, Brian Ferentz did win our Idiot of the Year award last week. Are we going to consider renaming this? You know, I I. I... I don't want to take right now. I don't think Scott's got anything else going on. So I don't want to take this away from him. <laughs> uh, those, the, there are those that would say Brian hasn't had anything going on for years <laughs> and yet he kept showing up. So I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Off to, off we go. Scott Frost Memorial idiot of the week. What did you bring? We, uh, we talked about this last week. I think we referenced it. It came out last week that the worldwide leader in sports ESPN may have made a small mistake every year since 1997 on purpose. When, when, when Emmy nominations, so, so not the, not the big Emmys that were just on earlier this week, but the, you know, sort of the, the sports Emmys or whatever goes on the ones that are not televised. They, they put a number of their shows have won have won Emmys, including like College Game Day. And so the rule was that the hosts of the show were not eligible if the show wins because the hosts have their own category. So if you nominate Game Day, the producers, the people who work on the show, their names get submitted on a list. And so if the show wins, every single person who's on that list gets an Emmy with their name etched on it but you but the the on-air talent can't by rule so it was discovered a little while ago (laughs) that what espn was doing was they just submitted additional fake names again they started in 1997 and have been doing this similar fake but similar usually with the same initials as the hosts so that ESPN then received Emmys for these fake people. I believe then they took the plaques off and engraved new plaques. Yes. <laughs> with the host names on them and then sent them to the host so that the host had their own Emmys for being a producer on the show. For, for being part of the show. Yes. The, the explanation that I read on this was twofold. One, ESPN thought it was stupid rule anyway. Screw you guys. It's an Emmy for the show. The people that are on the show ought to get an Emmy. Screw you guys. That was explanation number one. And explanation number two was to placate the egos of some of the people on the show who thought they deserved an Emmy. <laughs> Either here's the thing, I think both it's this is again a situation where both things can be true at the same time. Yes, now according to reporting, some of the people who got Emmys didn't even know that they were nominated. There are people who who no longer work for ESPN because they've been laid off. were willing to talk with reporters. People who are still employed by ESPN are amazingly quiet. The people who have been laid off 
literally said, I don't know, someday I just got a package in the mail and I opened it up and there was an Emmy with my name on it. I didn't know I was up for one. <laughs> and and here you go. But the Athletic reviewed the credit lists for College Game Day, the years the show won in 2010, 2011, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, and 2018. In each of those years, names similar to on-air personalities with the identical initials were all listed with the uh, title of associate producer. So while Kirk Herbstreet wasn't available, uh, wasn't eligible, Kirk Henry, congratulations, you've won Emmys. Lee Corso, very famous, not eligible, but Lee Clark was. The one I really like is, uh, well, uh, you got Tom Rinaldi, not eligible. So Tim Richard, sure. Some of them, they they started. They they eventually ran out of like. There's only like twelve people here, and Chris Fowler became Chris Fulton. Like they they didn't even. Yeah, Sam Ponder, who's a woman, became Stephen Ponder. Is <laughs> Shelly Smith win one? Is that she one did? Uh, Shelly Saunders. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And she was one of the people that talked. The people that still work at ESPN had to give back their Emmys. She no longer works at ESPN. I have to wonder if someone's going to show up at her house to take away her Emmy. Yeah. Yeah. ESPN said that they became aware that this was happening. I I love this. They became aware of this scam that they were running. (laughs) And then they hired outside counsel to look into it. Like nothing, nothing good ever happens with outside counsel. So (laughs) anyway, you know, you were talking of you, you know, in the previous segment, you were talking about sign stealing. This is just statue stealing at this point. <laughs> you know, somebody should probably take a look and see what's going on up in Michigan. <laughs> anyway, congratulations, ESPN, for a decades long scam. And, and, and I guess to your point, by the way, they didn't like the rule. Apparently, though, they didn't argue. Again, the reason why the rule was there is a single person shouldn't double dip. You either are a producer or you're on-air talent, but you shouldn't be able to win two awards for the same show. Apparently, at no point did ESPN say, why don't we get rid of the host Emmys and just count? Like They, like, they can say they didn't think it was fair, but they had no problem with their on-air talent also accepting the other award. They didn't say on principle, we're going to give these back or we're not even going to nominate them. Right. Uh, you know, they, they can try to stand on. Oh, no, we were doing. No, they weren't. They, they weren't. They were. They knew what they had. By the way, one of the people said, I think it was Shelley said, yeah, maybe it was for the on-air talent. She said, listen, the executives that were there were the ones that loved the Emmys. She talked about how multiple executives at ESPN, you know, when you go into somebody's office and they've got like a credenza behind them and maybe they've got, if you're in the sports world, you probably have like signed football or signed basketball or a picture of you on the Super Bowl field or whatever. She said that multiple producers there, uh, executives, that their entire credenza was just for their Emmys. They, They didn't have pictures of their family. They had Emmys. So... Anyway, they are not going to be getting a toddy. I can tell you this. They're not going to be getting a toddy. Not going to reward this behavior. Kirk Henry. Okay. What about you? What'd you bring? Clark might get one, but Corso, (laughs) not that guy. 
Uh, I brought my standard three. I had three okay. this week. All right. Uh, there's apparently a story about lumber usage in Northwest Iowa. Yep. Yep. You may have heard of this one. There's rumors on the internet about it. Yep. Story number two, fireball. Okay. And story number three, irony warning. Okay. Okay. Jake, you're not going to believe what I'm going to say here. I was ready. I thought all week, I'm like, you know what? It's time for Jake's story. Like this is played out. It's cool. We've done it, but we got to get to it. However, in listening to us record, Dwayne's mic isn't optimal here. <laughs> and so I, if we're, if we're going to put this story off, I want it to sound really, really good. So I'm going to need you to move down off the couch again. <laughs> cause, cause I want it to sound really good. Now that we've, we waited this long, this would be like waiting to see Oppenheimer. And instead of seeing it in IMAX, they're like, all we have is like a, is like an eight millimeter slide projector. Sorry about that. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to hold off on Jake's story for one more week. And let's go with irony warning. So here's the thing. Funnily, funnily, funnily enough. Mm. Funny enough. This story also came from Jake. Did you know you, you may have heard the story about the church in the Southeastern United States that built an ark and has this museum where you can tour the ark. Have you heard this story? Did you oh, know yes, that this? Yes. This, oh, right. oh no. It, it was destined to become the number one tourist attraction in Kentucky or something and got an amazing amount of, there is a lot of state dollars that went to that to be a tourist attraction because according to them, it's not on the application. It's not biblical. It's a tourist attraction. Right. Yes, father. Okay, whatever. <laughs> so there was a rainstorm. You don't say. <laughs> which flooded the entire area and washed out the road. <laughs> the ark, the 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 people on Twitter claimed that the ark leaked. Not true. The Ark did not leak. The Ark was fine, but the road leading to it washed out. The organization that owns this entire property tried to turn in the cost of repairing the road in for insurance. Yeah. And the insurance company denied the claim. Do you know why? Uh, I, I, I know why, because the flood was an act, it's of, an act God. of God. Yeah. Can't make this up. You absolutely cannot make this up. <laughs> Cheers. I'm guessing <clears throat> in the big room where all the insurance adjusters deny all the claims. When this one came through, they all got together and just had a good laugh. And whoever was adjuster of the month, I'm assuming for denying the most claims, was the one that actually got to write Act of God. 
Oh. So did you watch something good this week? We've we've watched a couple things. We've so this has been out for a while. On Disney Plus, there is Behind the Attraction, which tells you the stories of how attractions were made. There was a season one that we started watching a year or two ago. Yeah. And apparently we only got halfway through and then abandoned it at some point. Season two dropped, I don't know, six months ago. I'm not sure exactly when season we just went. We don't open up Disney Plus all that often. Um, Hey, there's something new. I could have been here three years. I don't know when's the last time we opened this. New to me. Yeah, it's new to me. So we finished watching the first season of Behind the Attraction, and we've watched most of the second season. That one, uh, pretty good. They're nice 40 to 45 minute episodes. Also on Amazon Prime, uh, the new series of James May, Our Man In, dropped. There was previously James May, our man in Japan, which was a six episode travel log of James May going through Japan and in hijinks ensue. And then I believe there was James May, our man in Italy, which was a six episode travel log of him in Italy and hijinks ensued. And this one was our man in India. So we started watching it. And after the third episode, he said, thank you viewers. We've made it. And we went, wait, no, what do you mean? Three episodes. What happened to the six? Anyway, I don't, I don't know. If you like James May, you like the travelogue, there's a new one on Prime. There's there's only three episodes. And the last thing we watched, and this is sort of follow-up, I forgot to include it in follow-up. For Christmas, not only did I get the uh, the Lego Moonlander and the Lego Concord, but I also got uh I also got Lisa the Lego flowers. There's uh they have different sets of flowers, and so there's like a wildflowers that you can put together. So this last weekend, Lisa, Lisa and I watched us put together the Lego flower set. And to be honest, we opened it up and went, oh, oh, this is gun. This is there's 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 bags and there's bags inside of bags. And there are multiple bags, all named, all printed number one and multiple bags with number two and multiple bags with number three. And there's and everything is. Every, every piece of this is the size of a piece of rice. And we thought, what did we do? And, uh, <laughs> it was very daunting to begin with. And, and then we did it and we put it all together and Lisa's like, these look really, really nice. And then she said, and this was easy compared to the ones you have, you are screwed. So Anyway, we watched ourselves, but actually we were watching that while watching some of this other stuff. So uh, anyway, that's what that's what we were watching. How about you? Uh, so I'll, I guess I'll do these in reverse order. On the plane today, I watched the new Kaylee Cuoco uh, vehicle on Amazon Prime called Roleplay. Okay. It's an hour and 42 minutes. She plays a contract killer. Against type for her. Right. Don't think too hard. But it is entertaining for an hour and 42 (laughs) minutes. Don't don't focus on the plot holes of which there are many. But it's you know what, though? Listen, if you were on a United jet this morning and the only holes you encountered were the plot holes in the new Kaylee Cuoco show, you're winning. You're winning. (laughs) You are not wrong. 
Oh, uh, let's see. I uh, somebody recorded the Music Man on Broadway with what looked like their iPhone with Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster. Okay. I watched that. If you like the Music Man, that's on YouTube. It's available on all your pirate sites. You know, yes. the ones you go to. Yes. I don't, I don't know. YouTube sent it to me. So I felt like I had to watch it. We watched a series called The Brother's Son. That's S-U-N. The Brother's Son on Netflix. And it stars Michelle Yeoh. Uh, in, it's about um, the this... Taiwanese mafia triad family and how they've come to Los Angeles and one brother stayed in Taiwan and one brother was in Los Angeles. And it's, it's Amy described it as full house meets John wick. I don't even know what that means, but I'm ready to green light it. (laughs) We're going to go straight to series on this. And then lastly, really quick here, um, do you remember a submarine mystery show on that was on Peacock called Vigil? Yes. Season two is out. Wait, what? Yes. All of season two is out. It's on BBC One, which we cannot get to. So we rewatched all of the first series of Vigil in a day you want to watch a six-hour movie no i'm not interested in that would you like to watch six one-hour episodes back to back to back to back to back to back yes i am all over that yeah sign me up for that so good if you haven't ever watched vigil it's on peacock highly recommend i also recommend uh hopefully next week on todd's tech corner we'll talk about how to watch videos that you're not allowed to see in your region legally that might be our member only show. Oh, okay. Did you learn anything? Yeah. So speaking of BBC one, now I'm like, Hmm. Yeah. We've, we've booked our, uh, we've, we've booked our next trip at the beginning of May. Um, shockingly, we're, we're going back to the UK. Uh, at the James May. May. Hmm? No, a different one. Yeah. We've we booked our flights and Delta. Helpfully, I use the Delta app, right? You book a flight and then it 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 continually it usually offers you after you book. Actually, while you book, but then after you book, it says, "Oh, hey, by the way, would you like to upgrade your seat to one of the levels?" Right? And it yeah, there you go. It was offering to upgrade our seats to Delta One because we're we're not we're not using Lisa's magic certificates for this thing so we we're we we're not we're not paying for that and it offered hey hey by the way do you want to upgrade your your tickets to delta 1 what i learned this week is delta has in lieu of a pricing calculator delta has a randomizer that makes no sense because one day the day after we booked our tickets, it said, would you like to bump your seats up on a one, one way? I think coming back seven ninety nine per ticket, you can upgrade to Delta one. 
Okay. We're like, you know, that's really pretty cheap because these are like, if you, if you, when we go to book it, I mean, this is like a $6,000 ticket and it's like, oh, well, we didn't pay anywhere near that. Like, that's actually a pretty good deal, but no, uh, uh, no, no, we're not doing that. The following day, you log into the Delta app and it says, hey, would you like to upgrade to Delta One? $2,150 per seat. Ouch. And you're like, so if I said no at the $799, you thought, hang on, I know it'll get them. <laughs> Why don't we nearly triple it and see if they say yes? We did not take advantage of that offer. Day three. All right. We see, we, we see you're a tough negotiator. $3,950 per seat. <laughs> Okay, well, now this is just getting stupid. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, if they had gone the other direction with it, by the time you got to $759, you'd have gone, wow, that is a hell of a deal. I am going for that. Day four. Back down to $799, which now makes me think they offered the other ones to, they knew we were going to go back to $799, but we didn't bite. So they offered us other higher ones to make the $799 deal look even better but now i'm on to them today was day five 2150 <laughs> <clears throat> I, I i don't i don't even know what to do at the, i don't <laughs> anyway i just i feel like there's somebody at delta headquarters that every morning just has like a spinning wheel <laughs> and wherever it points to the stupid thing is, is it's the same seat on the same flight, and they are willing to give this thing up for somewhere between $799 and $4,000, depending on the day. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, so that's what I learned is Delta's pricing uh, calculator is just a random number generator. How about you? What did you learn? So I, I checked into the hotel today in Huntington Beach. It's a very nice room. It's not a Marriott, but it's a very nice room. And on one end of the room are these full, it's, it's full floor to ceiling windows. And if I step out on the balcony, that's, I don't know, maybe 18 inches wide, but you can step all the way out onto it. Step out onto the balcony. And if I stand out there and I look to my left, I can see the ocean. So that's why the well, that's why it's a partial ocean view. I guess. But that's not what I learned. When I walked into the room, in fact, those of you that are watching on video. So there is the shower. Okay. Is that, Can you is that see? A, is that a full window? Yes. From the shower into the bedroom. Into the bedroom and then straight on out. I don't know if you can see that far, but then straight on out to the full floor to ceiling windows that I referenced three minutes ago. Yes. So on this side, you can see what you really want to do is close that door before you get into the shower. I mean, 
you know, maybe. <laughs> I don't know why anyone would design it like that. I didn't know this was a thing, but that's what I learned today. To be honest, the way that that's set up, though, it seems to me like instead of just sliding that door, it's almost like what you have to do is the door stays shut and you put quarters in a slot and it opens it up for like 30 seconds or a minute and then closes it as it goes. It's not that kind of hotel. Or is it? The music is Happy Boy by Kevin McLeod. You can subscribe to our award-winning podcast with visiting scholar Todd Friends. Visiting producer Todd Friends. Literally. Visiting Why producer. didn't you just put producer in quotes? It's, yeah. <laughs> Did that work? No. No. Oh, well. That's probably because I don't I want my $92, Apple. That didn't work. That didn't Sorry. work. Damn it. Uh, wherever you get your pods. If you want to if you want to subscribe, just search talking in the number two. There's no G and no space. We have a page on Facebook. You can tweet us on Facebook. I haven't said that in a, quite a long time. We have award-winning merch. It's on Zazzle. You can stop by and see us at the Tuba City Home Office. Please don't do that. Thanks to our listeners and our sponsors, Toddler 3187, the Taylor Center for Technology Policy, and dj to go Cedar Valley. You can send us your feedback, as always. Send your feedback to feedback at talkingtotodd.com. Todd? Taking a look at our past notes, Vigil was first referenced in what we're watching by me on uh, episode 104, which was recorded on February 24th of 2022. And then you mentioned it two episodes later uh, on, on, uh, on 106. It's interesting. I didn't know there was going to be a season two, but I'm looking at this of what were we watching in, in February of 2022. We were watching Vigil. You guys were watching Pam and Tommy. Should see if there's an. Should see if there's a second season of that. I really, I, I, I really, really <laughs> doubt it. <laughs> Boy, I hope not. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. You know what? I'll just check just to make sure. No, no, it's no, no. Do not Google Pam and Tommy. <laughs> Let's see what YouTube's got on Pam and oh dear. Ooh, oh, that's ooh, a problem. Oh, oh, that's <laughs> oh, we're gonna need to clean something up next week. We're here. We're talking to Todd. Speaking of Delta's negotiating powers, that was very similar. When when the kids were young, uh, at one point we were having a conversation. And we said your your bedtime's eight o'clock, and and then one of the kids said, "How about eight thirty? And we said, "How about seven thirty? 
And then they said, how about nine o'clock? And I said, how about seven? And then they said, you're doing this wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And we agreed on eight o'clock. So, uh, hey, Delta, (laughs) you're, you're doing this wrong. (laughs) Oh, you play the Lindsay giggle. 